Hey friends, welcome to Stanzable, a podcast where we explore stories and the meaning that they give to our lives, uh, the interactions between narrative and poetry and music uh, and, and how those themes are interrelated. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Thor McCarthy. And I'm Dylan Kirsten, the other co-host. Just to give you guys an idea of the layout of the show, we first are going to hear a story from a guest. And this will be told in a conversational style, not necessarily one-sided. Following the story, Thor and I will try to dig for some meaning in that story and um, see what it did for the person telling the story and what it did to us. And finally, we will choose a poem that we feel has a related meaning to that story, and Thor will read that poem as I improvise on the keys behind him. And hopefully you learn something through that or just laugh a little bit uh, but the first two weeks we're actually gonna give you a chance to get to know us a little bit better so today Dylan will be sharing a story from his life and then next week it'll be a story from me uh, Thor and then starting with week three we'll have an outside guest uh, join the program for that interview uh, so I hope that you stick with us and uh, enjoy these shows as we do them Hold on to your hats, it's about to be story time. This is the story of the most punk thing I've ever done in college. Alright, so I'm in my last semester at college, and... One of the main things I was looking forward to this year was doing my senior thesis with my favorite professor who has been my academic advisor the whole way through and one of the main professors in my major. Um, and like last semester, we talked about it because um, there's been like a department split and he's not technically in my major anymore, but he was like, I'll make it happen. We'll be like, I'll be your advisor. It won't be an issue. And then the semester comes and in my schedule, I'm with the chair of my department, who <sighs> I'm not super fond of. Uh-oh. I I've learned to appreciate her, but she um, there's a lot of drama surrounding her, and she is difficult to have conversations with. Um, she's very manipulative. I hope she doesn't hear this. But, um, <laughs> but, oh, that's that's why you don't name names, I guess. We'll yeah. call her pr- Professor. Uh, Dumbledora. <laughs> All right, Dumbledora. So anyways, so Dumbledora's name is on my schedule. And um, if she heard this, she would know it's about her. <laughs> but um, her name's on my schedule. And <clears throat> I went to um, Professor Good Guy, and I was like, yo, her name's on my schedule. What should we do? And he's like, well, I'll like talk to the chair of my the department I'm in now. She's done this before, and like I'll just we'll have to register you as an independent study, and um, yeah, and so but I had to go to Dumbledore and say, "Hey, I don't want you to be my thesis advisor." Oh. And so yeah. How did you just go to her office or? How mm-hmm. did... So I went to her office the first week of class and was like, "Hey, I really want to work with this other person. Um, they've been my biggest academic support, and." Um, I've learned a lot in their classes, and I have been looking forward to like working with, with him since I got here, because he was the first professor I had in my major. And she was like, well, he's not in the major anymore, and 
um, I want people in my department to do their thesis with me. And she was like, I'll think about it, but yeah. And then I emailed her the next day, a very like polite, thoughtful email of like, Hey, Dr. Newman, thanks for listening to me yesterday. Um, and I appreciate your honesty, but I was just trying to follow up to see what you think. And she replied very shortly, you have to do your thesis within the major. That is the rule. And <laughs> yeah. And so I'm communicating with like the chair of my other professor's department. She's like, try talking to this guy. And so I go to this guy. He's an administrative guy. Um, and he doesn't, you don't even know his name. And, uh, he also pretty much told me the same thing in a cool guy kind of way. He's one of those like cool guys who like, you talk to me like, wow, like this smokes Marlboro and skateboards to class almost like he, he's like a punk he like plays like okay. in bands and stuff um wears Chuck E. T's every day um and he uh yeah I'm definitely not advertising this podcast um anyways <laughs> he'll know who he is yeah um so he uh what did he do he he like first thing he said he's like hey that is the rule, so it can't help you there, but we can try to work around it another way. And then at the end, he's like, so I hear you're in a band and, like, you know, appealed to that emotional side of me. And then I left and I was like, wait a minute, like, he didn't do anything for me. And so I knew that his boss was, like, <clears throat> another administrative guy who I knew a little bit already and, like, had somewhat of a relationship with. So I sent that guy a really long email and was like, hey, here's the deal. I just want to have a good educational experience here. Um, all of the drama surrounding my department is something that's been happening above me that I'm not a part of. And I feel like it's pretty lame if like the students continue to be brought into it. Um, and um, yeah, I'm just looking to finish my educational experience here the way it's been so far, which has been like really pleasant and um, just a deep learning experience. So, um, yeah, so I emailed him that and was like, would love to meet with you. He replied, hey, I'd love to meet with you too. Like, that's all he said. And then I ran into him the next day, went to his office. He was like, all I see, and this is when it starts to almost get punk. Um, so he was like, all I see is a chair of a department asking to do the thesis with people in her department. And that makes logical sense to me. But like, tell me what you're going to tell me. Mm -hmm. And so I told him everything. And I was like, you know, it's not so cut and dry. Um... I would understand this rule if I came into school here and the professor I wanted to do it with wasn't in my department at that point and I was asking now for him to be my thesis advisor. But for three of my five semesters, he was in my department. He was my academic advisor. He's still my academic advisor. He's still teaching in the department. It's not this cut and dry thing. Like, I'm in a special case and... I'm just telling you, I've had a great experience in his class. That's what has made me love this school, um, his class and a couple other professors. And I've not had that same experience in Dumbledore's class, which I had for the first time last semester. And he just said the same thing to me at the end. Like, I, I like, gave, gave him everything, and he was just like, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to, like, not look at the politics and emotions of the situation, and this mm -hmm. is what I see. And, and I, like, my heart started pounding really fast. I was like almost angry crying and I was just like cuz he he didn't seem to like listen to you at all. And... Yeah. It I mean he he was he was like very there he was like looking me in the eye and everything. But it but the what the way he responded was just like yeah. 
it, it, it almost seemed like not I'm going to put the emotions and politics aside more I don't want to be a part of those emotions and politics so mm. you know that's how it felt mm-hmm. anyways so <clears throat> I very quietly whenever I get really mad I guess I get quiet um, and I very quietly was just like is is that it and he was like yeah I'm sorry and I just left and I was feeling very impassioned and this is when the punk part comes in <laughs> and so I was feeling really impassioned I stepped outside saw my friend Sam and he was bringing his bike in I was like hey what's up man so you know much how are you and then I told him what was going down and I was just like I'm so angry and I was like I think I'm gonna go back and like tell him how I actually feel about the professor that I got scheduled to do my thesis with. Oh, so you hadn't given the whole story. Not really. I tried to keep it, like, polite and just be like, I have had a great educational experience in this this professor's class, haven't had the same in this other class. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, so, like, five minutes after I left, I just went back to the office and knocked on the door, and then I, like, I didn't, like, sit down. I just, like, walked in, and I was like, hey, sorry i was like um what did i say (laughs) i was like um since nothing's gonna change i'm gonna get this off my chest um and i was like this professor um in the class that i had with her last semester like spent half the time um dissing the new major that the other professors created and the other half she was like trying to manipulate us into thinking how she thinks it's not an educational experience it feels like you guys don't care about the students because i'm not the first person to complain about her and it seems like the fact that she's been here forever um means more to you guys than the voices of many students um and i've like loved my experience here so far and it really bums me out because i feel like i'm gonna leave this school resenting it I said it was a little bit longer than that, but that's mm-hmm. that's the, the three main points of what I hit. Um, and all he said was, thanks. Um, my door is always open. <laughs> he, he said, I understand better now. But hmm. yeah, which was nice. But it, again, like nothing really changed. And then this part was not planned at all. I was still feeling impassioned. So then I went to Dumbledore's office and was like, hey can I do my thesis with this other professor? She was like, no. And then I told her, like, why I feel like I don't want to do it with her. I told her, like, how I felt about her class. And I have a class with her this semester, like, in addition to the thesis thing. Like, I have another class with mm-hmm. her. I told her why I value the other professor and why I feel like her class was a waste of time where I didn't learn anything. And, um, yeah, I felt very out of my person and out of my body in that moment because i've been a good boy all my life when it comes to like how i relate to teachers and professors um but in this moment i was just like this is ridiculous this is what i'm here for to have a good educational experience and everyone is trying to prevent that from happening um and yeah and then at one point she was like well how do you feel about the class you're in now and i was like it feels the same as the one last semester <laughs> and then uh you know when it comes to her being manipulative <coughs> I, I i speak in a way where i say like i feel this and she turns everything to i'm sorry that's how you feel but education isn't about feelings this is how it actually is mm. i'm sorry you feel that way and like i felt relieved at the end of it like i was like confused at first i was like what did i just do and then later I felt relieved. Um, and 
but ultimately what I feel happened in that interaction was like, I said all these things to her that I can never imagine myself like saying to someone like that, but she is so unwilling to accept critique from her students that she just doesn't believe any of the critiques I'm giving her. So she's not like, she's fine with me now. And she was, like, the next day, or even as I was leaving, and it's not because, like, she can take it, it's because she doesn't believe anything I'm saying, she's just like, you can say it, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Wow. So, knowing that, and knowing the response that you got, and reflecting back on it, would you do it the same way again, or would you do anything different? Oh, boy. I feel like I would have included my, like, the second part two of talking to the administrator in part one. You know, I feel like I would have given him that first um because it was almost like the decision was already made and then i went and said that and but you have no regrets about um voicing your dissatisfaction with the professor even though it didn't change anything you feel like that was worth it yeah no i'm glad i did um because i feel like i don't know if she's experienced that directly like that before or at least recently, because um, there's been a lot of stuff surrounding her, and most people like have been like actually hurt by her, and therefore like don't want to be near her. Mm-hmm. I've had like I wasn't like hurt by her necessarily. I just like think she's not doing her job well, mm-hmm. and so I had the like emotional. Um, I didn't have to put that emotional distance up from her, so I had the ability to like go into her office and talk to her, <laughs> and so I'm like almost thankful that I, like, took the opportunity to tell her to her face that, like, you're living in a different world than us, and you're not thinking about us, and you're thinking about yourself. Hmm. Yeah. What would you say that you've learned from this experience, this story? Oof. Um. Hmm. I... The obvious thing is, like, you can't always get what you want, but I think that's a ridiculous meaning to take from an experience like this because I'm in college paying a tuition to this school in order that they give me an educational experience in return. That's the, like, Mm -hmm. bare-bones idea of the transaction. And I just feel like the school, like, didn't do their part. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's a matter of, like, oh, I took a class with a professor that's that's not too good and that's a shame it's like this is a possible thing they could do like it's not like i'm in a class with 15 other people and i'm like i don't like this professor can you change our professor for me it's like a one-on-one thing where i can just they can just change their names obviously there's gonna be a change in pay like that's probably something somewhere (laughs) deep beneath this but so i guess there is that obvious meaning if you can't always get what you want but i just think it's a cheap meaning to take from it because I don't think it exactly applies, but, um, I guess I've never, like, stood up to someone in authority like that before, um, and, like, in the name of being polite and kind and everything, but, and it's not even, like, in the grand scheme, it's not a huge deal, I just Mm -hmm. have to do a thesis with a professor I don't enjoy, I get it, like, comparatively on a cosmic scale that's a very small issue to be dealing with Mm -hmm. but um but after having done that i feel generally more empowered to like call out authority when authority is not using their authority well 
So, yeah. Now, just speaking from my experience, for me, part of it, you know, not speaking up uh, in my dislike or, or uh, friction with a, someone in an authority position, a lot of that would come from not just trying to be polite uh, and respectful, but, but a lot of it would just be that I don't want to experience that, you know, uncomfortable conversation, just feeling uh, it's just easier to, to yeah. not go there and to uh, not be awkward and uh, put myself out there like that. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that that played into your, um, you know, your, your typical uh, gut reaction to avoid that conversation? Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't think I was going to have to have that conversation because going into this, I was just like, this is it's going to make sense to them. They're going to switch my advisor. It's not going to be a big deal. Um, and like in the literal going into the conversation, as I was like walking over there, um, I was, I was in a, a different place, like in my head. Like mm-hmm. I said, I was, I was like, like that was the f- fastest my heart has been beating just from like emotion purely. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. like running anywhere. I was just like so frustrated. Um, and so, um, once the conversation started and I realized how uncomfortable it already was from the beginning, I just like leaned into that and was like, I am here now. This is my opportunity to say these things that I, that I feel. So I'm just going to say them. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess like it was just a matter of breaking open the egg mm. and then yeah. it started cooking. <laughs> Sign it up or over easy? Um, scrambles. Scrambles. Yeah. Scrambled. I was going to say. Definitely scrambled. Okay. So as as we then kind of transition to thinking about uh, finding a poem to share with our listeners um, that relates to this this story of yours of acting out of character and being confrontational um, where maybe it was needed where no one else had spoken up and uh, not getting anywhere with it but still being glad you did it all these different kind of ideas uh, floating around what what if you could pick one or two of those concepts that you think we should uh, be thinking about as we uh, search for a poem here. Oh, man. Um, I think, yeah, the whole doing something with there being no results was probably a big, a big um, takeaway. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was an awful sentence. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, that's something that I've had to think about like the, the build up, the investment, the everything that went into it from your side and then being met with, with nothing. Yeah. No change at all. No change. Essentially. Actually, I should add that like the other professor told me at this point, he's going to help me just as much as he would have, mm-hmm. which is really cool. But that's one of the situations where like, I don't know if you've seen these Facebook memes, but like, it'll be like a picture of a news story where it's like a bunch of workers gave their time off so that their coworker could like battle cancer and then someone's like, okay, this is cool, but like, why are we in a system where people have to share their time off because their coworkers battling cancer? A similar situation. It's like, it's really amazing that this professor is doing this for me, but he should not have to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so what would you say? Uh, are, are we looking for a poem? The the tone of this poem should it be, uh, if it's about working hard for something, doing something out of the ordinary, and then being met with no change, should mm-hmm. it be? kind of a pessimistic poem or is there like a light at the end of the tunnel in that 
while it was worth doing anyway on a personal level, yeah. Uh, what what kind of tone should we hit here? I'm feeling a fight the power kind of tone, like a um, you know, when things aren't normal, or just fight normality if normality is not serving people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I think we can do that. We can find something. Cool. All right, listeners, uh, time for a break to listen to a word from our sponsors. And we'll be back to wow you and move you to tears and laughter and uh, all of the in-between with some poetry and music in just a moment. Today's episode brought to you by beans. They're not a fruit or a vegetable. They're a lentil, and you should eat them because they're good for you. Beans. And by Studio Jiggly. It's all your favorite animes, but done by 10-year-olds who just learned how to use Microsoft Paint. It is a stop-motion version of your favorite anime done by 10-year-olds who just got a hold of Microsoft Paint on Windows XP. Upon further review, we have selected two poems. These poems have a little less to do with the Fight the Power theme we originally thought would go best with this story, and we feel these poems reflect the overall essence and meaning of the story a little better. These are two untitled poems by Emily Dickinson from her poems about life. Tis so much joy, tis so much joy. If I should fail, what poverty? And yet, as poor as I, have ventured all upon a throw, have gained, yes, hesitated so, this side the victory. Life is but life, and death but death. Bliss is but bliss, and breath but breath. And if, indeed, I fail, at least to know the worst is sweet. Defeat means nothing but defeat. No drearier can prevail. And if I gain, oh gun at sea, oh bells that in the steeples be, at first repeat it slow. For heaven is a different thing, conjectured and waked sudden in, and might overwhelm me so. Victory comes late, and is held low to freezing lips, too wrapped with frost to take it. How sweet it would have tasted, just a drop. Was God so economical? His tables spread too high for us, unless we dine on tiptoe. Crumbs fit such little mouths, cherries suit robins. The eagle's golden breakfast strangles them. God keeps his oath to sparrows, who of little love know how to starve. Hey, thanks for sticking with us through this episode. Uh, hopefully you liked what you heard and you'll be back next week for episode number two. See you then.